All right, AB, back at it. Uh, episode two of That Wrestling Podcast. Uh, if anybody checked me out last week, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time, uh, sitting down, and letting me kind of tell a fraction of my story and give my thoughts and predictions on uh, the Royal Rumble and uh, TakeOver. Uh, I am recording this as of 8.05 Tuesday. Uh, SmackDown just ended. Uh, what a what an eventful couple of days of wrestling we just had. Uh, there's a lot I want to go over, um, give my thoughts on both TakeOver and the Royal Rumble, uh, go over what happened on Raw and SmackDown, um, and then just, you know, a couple other odds and ends, um, you know, other news tidbits that we've had over the couple of days of uh, some good wrestling. Uh, I think I want to start off uh, with the elephant in the room, uh, Dean Ambrose. Um, announced this morning that he's he's finishing up after WrestleMania this April. Um, it was the first thing I saw when I opened up my Twitter, and uh, I was pretty shocked. Um, I didn't really didn't really didn't see that coming. I really really didn't. Um, I'm a little a little bit let down. I've always been a really big fan of Dean Ambrose, but I guess I can't really blame him. You know, I, you look back at uh, everything that's happened since his heel turn. Uh, you know, hasn't been handled very well, to say the least. Um, you know, things like sitting in a doctor's office getting vaccinated, stuff like that doesn't really make sense. Uh, the gas mask thing really didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and he really hasn't done uh, a whole lot outside of a, a short, uh, we'll just be honest, forgettable run as Intercontinental Champion. Um, you know, a little bit of backstory as far as, as Dean Ambrose to me. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't follow him before he got to WWE. You know, I didn't know anything about him. I didn't see anything he did in CZW. Uh, I didn't really know who John Moxley was. Um, I first heard of him, uh, a little bit of buzz from the matches he was having with Seth Rollins and FCW. And, uh, I felt like I had to check those out. And, uh, ever since I did, I, I, I was, I was hooked and I remember wanting those two called up to, to the main roster for quite a while before they actually were. Um, and I did a little bit of research on him after I found him and saw some of the promos he cut um, as an indie wrestler and saw, you know, the potential that he had as a, you know, a, a top guy and, and felt that he, you know, had a lot to offer in that area. And, uh, you know, I remember I remember following along with Survivor Series 2012 and when The Shield debuted and, you know, was, was really excited to see Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose called up. I had no idea who Roman Reigns was, but... Um, you know, I think we all could tell right off the get go that Roman was going to be Vince's guy. <laughs> that was no shock or surprise or secret. But um, I, 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 I figured Dean was going to be the number two guy to come out of that out of that unit and, and out of the Shield. And I thought Seth was going to be the one that had trouble uh, just because of the stigma that a lot of indie guys had at the time. You know, even though Punk had broken through and. You know, Brian held the world title. Um, by the time the Shield had debuted, we had kind of the you know indie guy thing kind of wore off a little bit. You know, Brian was pushed back down on the card, and you know we we kind of saw what was coming with Punk. So I didn't think Seth was gonna was gonna you know get to where he got. I hoped he did, or I hoped he would, but I really didn't really didn't trust Vince or anybody in WWE to to get him there. Um, but I thought Dean was gonna be the the you know the guy to make it up and, and be this top you know big heel you know with his persona his charisma i figured he was going to be there for sure and you know when the shield broke up again we all we all knew what was going to happen with roman we knew he was going to be the guy you know they didn't hide that at all we we saw that coming for sure 
Um, but I, I, I figured Dean was gonna was gonna you know go on and be this big deal and never really came to that. You know, once the Shield broke up, he was getting as loud a reaction as anybody on the show. You know, people loved Dean Ambrose. I loved Dean Ambrose, and um, you know, for whatever reason, the WWE just kind of kept sticking them with weird gimmick or weird story or weird skit, whatever, whatever it might be. And, you know, I'm glad that Seth went on to do what he did and, you know, had a really good run as world champion. And we, uh, we knew Roman was going to be fine, but for a while there, it looked like Dean really wasn't gonna, really wasn't going to do much. And then, you know, finally got the world title and I was excited. I remember watching that pay-per-view live and I remember, uh, you know, being shocked that Seth, first of all, beat Roman, and then shocked again that Dean went out and, and cashed in. I thought it was really creative and unique, and uh, I didn't see that coming at all. So, um, you know, I was really excited. I thought, man, finally Dean's gonna, he's gonna get there, and he's gonna, he's gonna, you know, get a chance to to be the top guy, and he still never really got that chance. Uh, his title reign was pretty forgettable. Um, dropped it to AJ, who went on to do amazing things. And then after that, we really didn't see a whole lot from Dean. I remember uh, he was a part of the kickoff show at WrestleMania that year against Baron Corbin. Kind of a, let's just say, less than exciting spot to be in, at the time at least. And uh, that's kind of been the story of Dean Ambrose. Kind of uh, on the cusp of breaking through and you know, not quite being given more than I think he really deserves. Um, it's a shame, you know, it really is. And, and you never know, you know, there's a lot of time between now and April. Um, there's a lot of time for maybe them to maybe reconvince him or, or uh, you know, maybe this is it. Maybe it's a work. That was kind of my first thought when I saw WWE release the, uh, the news on their Twitter that, you know, he was going to be finishing up. So, uh, you never know. I don't think it's a work. Um, I thought so at first, but after letting it sit and digest a little bit, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't doubt that they'll incorporate that as a part of a storyline moving forward. Um, but you know, if it is a work, I think it'd be really cool if they just kind of wrote him off TV for a little bit there. No, no mention of it. No, no, nothing. Just take him off, keep him off for a while. Maybe have him come back around fast lane, maybe at fast lane, and then uh, see see what we can do from there. But uh, all signs point to this being real and legit, um, and that this is uh, the last couple of months that we'll get to see Dean Ambrose. So whatever he does afterwards, whether that's AEW or Japan or Ring of Honor, or maybe he just takes a break from wrestling altogether. Maybe he's maybe he's just burned out. Maybe he needs a a Jericho break where he takes off for a couple of years and comes back refreshed and you know out of our eye for a little bit. Maybe by the time he does come back, we're, uh, we're looking at a different Dean Ambrose. So whatever it is, whether he's going back as John Moxley or whether he's uh, coming back at some time down the road, we'll see. Uh, wish him the best, though. Hopefully he, uh, he gets his, his head right, gets he's where he wants to be. Hopefully he's happy. And uh, if he's coming on, if he's going to be going somewhere else, then... You know, I look forward to seeing what he does. Uh, other than that, you know, a couple big shows over the weekend, TakeOver and the Royal Rumble. 
Uh, TakeOver was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching TakeOver. TakeOver just stands stands apart. You know, it's uh, NXT. They just do it right every time, every single time. Every time they put out a TakeOver or whatever they're going to call it, it just delivers. And it's, it's the most guaranteed thing that we have, I think, in professional wrestling. And that, you know, no matter what, TakeOver is going to deliver. And, uh, you know, just kind of running down the card a little bit, open it up with War Raiders and the Undisputed Era. I, man, I love this match. I thought it was the perfect opener, uh, the perfect kind of tone setter. Uh, they set the bar for the rest of the night, but they didn't set it too high to where it was uh, tough, to, tough to top. And uh, it, it was really a lot like I thought it was going to be. Uh, O'Reilly and Roddy, they went around, they bumped around, and they sold, and, and they they let the War Raiders get a lot of that unique offense in. And uh, Hanson, man, he is a freak. He is incredible, man. The guy that size flying around the way he does. And, you know, I, I really didn't see the War Raiders winning coming. I really didn't see that at all, and I was actually really pleasantly surprised with that and happy that that happened. Um, you know, who knows what, what's going to happen from here, but I'm excited to see uh, how they run with the NXT Tag Team Championships. You know, you can't, you, you watch a match like that and you can't help but just be a little, I don't know, maybe frustrated isn't the word, but, you know, wish that the WWE did that on the main roster. You know, you can count on NXT every single time that there's a takeover to have a badass tag team match. Uh, whether it's the opener of the show, whether it's a potential main event, yeah, you could count on the tag teams to go in there, uh, to have time, to tell a story, uh, to be presented as an important part of the show. And uh, you know that no matter who it is, those guys are going to work their asses off. And uh, that's what we got. And uh, like I said, it was really the perfect way to start the show. And it set the tone for what was going to be for the rest of the night. Um, you know, Matt Riddle, Cassius Ono, they had a pretty decent little match. Nothing crazy, nothing to write home about, but I think we'll, uh, we'll see Matt Riddle kind of move on from this Cassius Ono feud. Who knows what's, uh, what's left for Cassius. Uh, it's hard to say, but, um, you know, pretty solid little match. Uh, some stiff parts there. I, I, I actually, I enjoyed the end. It was different, you know, Riddle kind of pounding on Cassius and, Cash is tapping out to a, a non-submission, uh, something we really don't see. And uh, to come up with something a little bit more creative, a little different, and uh, you know, just unique to uh, Matt Riddle and his style, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I didn't see that ending coming, and uh, I think it, it put Riddle over as this you know, legit uh, badass guy that could beat you any way he, any way he can, you know, whether he's going to make you tap, through a submission, whether he's going to knock you out, whether he's just going to beat on you until you can't take it. I thought it was a really good way to to set him apart from everyone else. Um, and it, you know, it was just a it was just a solid little match. Um, not quite as good as the match that took place afterwards, which was my match of the weekend and uh, probably one of the uh, between it's between. Ricochet and Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne and Joe Coffey as the early, and I mean very early, lead on match of the year for 2019. Uh, those guys went out there, Gargano and Ricochet. Both had 
awesome ring gear, by the way. I love the Dark Phoenix attire that Johnny Gargano had and the Miles Morales Spider-Man gear that Ricochet was wearing. Um, when you, Whenever you can combine comic books and wrestling, uh, especially with two talents, the caliber of those guys, uh, you, you just can't lose. And uh, Johnny brings it every single takeover. He always has really cool, uh, unique gear uh, every single time he goes out there. And, and it's, it's, it's something to look forward to. It makes his matches feel all that more special. Um, but like I said, these guys went out there and they did some crazy, crazy stuff. And they had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was popping left and right at everything they did. Now, they're two of the most impressive guys, I think, uh, that, that in the world, you know, for sure. But definitely, definitely two of the most impressive that WWE can offer. And you know, I don't. You're going to be hard pressed to to tell me that there's a better wrestler in NXT or WWE than Johnny Gargano. Um, I mean, just the, the way the guy sells, the way he's able to get sympathy, uh, his facial expressions in the match, his storytelling, the guy just brings it. And you know, he's working heel right now, and it, it's, it's working really well, but I don't know how you can cheer against him. He's he's just he's just so damn good. He's so damn good. I don't think there's a performer that I enjoy watching just wrestle more than Johnny Gargano. You could say there's there's more more interesting characters. Uh, you could say there's more popular characters. You know, Becky Lynch, the obvious one. Um, but I think just from a a pure in ring, just what he brings to the table. Um, no matter who he's who he's in there with, whether it's a guy like Ricochet, whether it's a guy like Aleister Black, whether it's a guy like uh, Andrade you can just count on him to steal the show every single time and uh, really, really fortunate that we get to watch him go out there and, and bust his ass and uh, and uh, just, you know, perform at a level that he's able to. Um, I didn't think he was going to win. Um, I really didn't. I, I think I might have said in the last pod that I think it'd be really cool if he did and then went on to have a uh, kind of a little moment at the end with Tommaso Ciampa uh, where they both kind of hold the titles up, which is exactly what we got. So that was cool. I'm, uh, I'm glad I got that right. Um, I thought that would have been cool, but I really didn't think that was going to happen. I kind of figured they were going to run with Ricochet for a while on that. But I'm glad they did. I'm really glad that they gave it to Johnny. I think if anybody in uh, WWE, NXT, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to say it, if anybody deserves it, it's him. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, where they go with this, especially that little uh, that little thing we had at the end with with him and Champa raising the titles up and kind of looking like they were back together ish. I don't know. It's uh, about as intriguing a story as they've done in years. Just the storytelling, um, how long they've been telling this story, uh, starting off with two guys that really weren't supposed to be here. You know, they brought them in uh, as a tag team, or they brought them in for the Cruiserweight Classic, I'm pretty sure. It was either that or the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament, one or the other. Uh, but they kind of brought them in as just names to have, and uh, they stuck around, and they had incredible matches as DIY, and then there was the turn, and then they had those amazing matches last year at the Takeovers. And, you know, here we go again with the Johnny Heel turn out of nowhere, and 
you know, I don't really know where they're going to go with this story, but I'm I'm hooked. I'm here for it every step of the way, and I just can't wait to see what they do next with it. I'm 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 very into it. I'm very into Gargano, and uh, yeah, him and he and Ricochet went out there. They tore the house down. I thought it was the best match of the weekend. Um, another really good match that came afterwards: uh, Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler. Shayna's great, man. Shayna's so good. She's so good. And uh, I really love the story that they told in this match. Um, you know, Shayna being this, I don't want to say veteran, but established star that is the you know two-time women's champion in NXT that has been around for a while. And you have Bianca, who's brand new-ish and not established quite yet. She's undefeated, or was undefeated, but didn't quite, hasn't had that definitive win, I should say. And I thought that they did a really good job at making Bianca, uh, making her look like she belongs and setting up for another star in that division. And I, I really enjoyed the match and I really hope that they keep going with this. I'd like to see Bianca get a chance as the women's champion. I think that she's good enough uh, she's so different from anyone else that they have. And it's not just the hair, you know, it's uh, the, the size, the strength, the speed, the, the high flying ability, the attitude, the charisma. And then you add the hair in there and uh, she feels special. She feels different and she adds a lot to that division and that show. Um, and they, like I said, told a great story. Uh, Bianca sold the arm super well throughout and I look forward to what they what they do with her from here on out and I hope I hope that they keep her in the mix and I'd love to see those two go at it again um, at the next takeover and uh, I'd, I'd love to see them continue to, to establish her and I'd love to see her to continue to grow because she's really really good and uh, I'm glad that, that they just keep finding just keep finding talent you know I thought for sure a couple years ago when, when the four horsewomen moved on to the main roster that that division would, I don't want to say suffer, but fall back a little bit. And there was a stretch there where it wasn't as strong, but you have someone like Shayna Baszler, you have someone like Bianca Belair, uh, a Kyrie Sane, an Io Shirai, uh, just all of them. They're, they're, all, they're all so damn good. And they're really building that division up. And it's it's just as strong as it's ever been. And I look forward to what they can do with it uh, down the road, especially at the next takeover. I hope that we get a rematch with Shayna and Bianca. Uh, I really enjoyed the match that they had. Um, and then last but not least, uh, the main event the, that felt like a main event, uh, two guys that feel like main eventers wrestling for a title that feels important. And... I, I talked about it last week on on my, my first ever episode. They had that promo that they showed again uh, right before their match, just really emphasizing the importance of the NXT World Championship. And that's the story behind their match, is Champa will do anything to keep the NXT World title, and Black, who had it, and lost it unfairly, 
wants it back. And those guys, that's what they're fighting for. They want to be the NXT world champion. They understand the importance of it. And you, everything, you know, from the promo to the entrances, they're in the ring. It's a big fight feel. And they both felt like main eventers, something that you really don't see that often on the main roster. And I hate to keep com- uh, comparing the uh, NXT roster to the main roster because they're both just such different products. But it's hard when you see two guys that feel like they're at that level on one show that is supposed to be the developmental show. And then you go to, let's just say Royal Rumble even, with Brock and Finn still kind of tough to buy Finn in that role because of how he's been used. And it seems like on the main roster, you have Brock, Seth, and then a bunch of medium stars other than maybe Daniel Bryan and AJ. But you have NXT where these guys feel like they're important and they feel like main eventers. And uh, these two wrestled the main event style and I, I dug it. You know, it was a good match, and it was pretty pretty solid back and forth. It wasn't the best takeover main event ever, of course, um, but I love Black. I love Champa. You know, you, they, they, those guys bust their asses, and they're both so different from from anyone else. I mean, that's the thing about NXT is everyone is so different and unique, and WWE does a pretty good job on the main roster of that. But there's just there's just an importance and uh, a prestige. And you could tell that everyone in NXT takes pride in being there and what they do. And it, it shows it shows in the matches and it shows in the presentation. And um, I thought that Champa and Black had a pretty solid match, uh, a really good main event, a great way to top the show off. I thought I thought for sure um, that it looked, there was a point where I thought Black might walk away with it, but... Uh, I'm glad that Champa is going to keep going with it. I'm glad. I think he's a he's a great champion, and uh, I'm I'm like kind of like I said a few minutes ago, really excited to see where uh, they go with uh, Champa and Gargano. That end there where they're they're holding the titles up, and you, you know they kind of fade to black. It you know just great way to end the show. Kept you guessing, made you want to tune into NXT this week. Makes you want to. Want to see where they go next, and that's all you really want when you uh, when you when, when you finish a pay per view. Um, overall, I thought Takeover was was really really good. It was just a really entertaining show, a lot of fun wrestling, um, and you know, I don't think it was the best Takeover that they've ever done. Um, I don't really know where I'd rank it, but in the moment and match by match, it was just it was a lot of fun. It was exciting exciting to watch and. You know, everybody delivered, and every match felt different. No, you know, no match f- felt the same at all. Nothing, nothing seemed like oh, yeah, we saw that there and this there. Like every every match had a had a story to tell, and everybody was able to get their stuff in, and and everything was was so different from everything else. Everything, everybody did a great job at setting themselves apart from the rest of the show. It made you feel like you were you were you know watching multiple stories take place. So. I thought TakeOver was great. It was a really good way to kind of get the appetite going for the Royal Rumble the next night. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Again, not the best TakeOver that we've ever had, but a really damn good show. Um, other than that, uh, we we went from this, uh, we'll say, near-perfect show to a show that was really good. Um, but damn, it was long. 
um, if you're like me and you started watching at the beginning of the the pre-show, the kickoff, uh, that was three o'clock my time. I believe it was three o'clock my time uh, out here in Mountain Standard Time. And that show went on until, God, I think it was 10 o'clock when it ended. So, I mean, seven hours. I mean, it's a long time to sit there and watch wrestling. And there's days where I binge a lot of wrestling. But for one show um, that really didn't have time to breathe, I don't want to say it was a chore to watch, but there were points where I was dragging. (laughs) There were points where I was like, man, I don't know. Um, but it was fun. It was good. I really enjoyed it. I did. I don't think there was a bad match on the show, but I will say that, yeah, it was just a little bit too long for my liking. Um, and I don't think that they had to add the, um, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable with Rizar and (laughs) Scott Dawson. Um, it was just a really bizarre last minute kind of add. Uh, and it was a fine match. It really was. It wasn't bad. I think it was a decent way to kind of kick the show off. Uh, I don't think it made a whole lot of sense. I don't understand why they did that. Um, I don't know why you couldn't have just done the revival or, or just not have that match at all. You know, I don't know why you couldn't just kind of throw Rude and Gable in the Royal Rumble or or do something else. I mean, it just really didn't just didn't go anywhere. You know, so it was weird. It was fine. It was it was a solid match. Uh, Rude and Gable pick up the win, and, you know, I don't know. The tag division is just weird right now. I don't know what they're doing with it, but we'll see. We'll see. They keep I keep seeing this the same report that they want to they wanna refocus on the tag division and make the revival the faces of the tag division, and it's just tough to kind of buy that right now because you have stuff like this. It just doesn't make sense, and, and I don't know. It's just weird, but it was fine. It was whatever. Uh... Rusev, Shinsuke, they had a pretty solid match. Um, didn't think Shinsuke would win. That was, a, that was a surprise. I was happy with it. I was happy with that because I, th- I, I like Shinsuke a lot, and it felt like he was about to get lost in the shuffle there. Um, but having him win the title back, even if it was just for a few nights, it, you know, it worked for me. And, and like I said, I thought they had a decent little match. Nothing crazy, nothing to write home about, but uh, a very good kickoff match, I guess I should say. Uh, not as good as the cruiserweight, fatal four way. That was that was damn good. Uh, I feel like, you know, I don't watch two hundred five live every single week, but every time I do see a cruiserweight match, I think, damn, I need to tune in to two hundred five live. Like, they have some, they have some badass talent over there, and uh, it showed in this fatal four way. Everybody was everybody had a chance to shine. They did some crazy crazy stuff. Uh, they had that spot where Buddy was on the outside. Uh, he had Akira Tozawa in the electric chair. And then Itami was on, or he was standing on the middle rope. And and so as to look like you could dive through his legs, which is what Kalisto did. So he dives through Itami's legs, through the middle rope, forearms Tozawa. And then, or maybe it was... Maybe Kalisto was on Buddy's shoulders, but somebody was on Buddy's shoulders. He gets forearmed, and then they have a reverse Rana into the barricade. I mean, it was crazy. And that's just what you get with, with those cruiserweights, man. They just go out there, and they just kill themselves to to entertain us and, and to try to put on as good a match as possible. And it showed, and I thought that it was definitely the best match of the kickoff show. Uh, it was a lot of fun. 
I was glad to see Buddy retain. I like Buddy Murphy a lot. I'd like to see him um, on Raw or SmackDown too, because I think that you know he's he's such a good presentation. He's such a good worker. He, he busts his ass every week, every time he's out there. So, uh, big fan of Buddy Murphy. Glad he got to keep it. We'll see what they do with him next. Uh, there's just so much talent over on 205 Live. I really do need to make a point to to watch that every week, or at least you know as often as I can. It's only an hour. And like I said, every time I tune in, I feel like I at least get one good match. I feel like the remainder event is at least guaranteed to be a solid 15 to 20 minute match that, you know, is definitely worth checking out. Just like this match was definitely worth checking out. And I think if you if you skip the kickoff show, um, it's worth it to pop up the network, fire it up, um, and fast forward all the way to the end. It was that good. It was a really good match. Great way to kind of uh, transition us into the main show, which... Uh, like I said, long, long show, but uh, I really enjoyed it, and I thought that each match individually was was really solid. Uh, the Becky Oscar match was a lot of fun. A um, little bit disappointed in the moment uh, when Becky tapped out, but I'm glad that Oscar retained. Uh, she deserves it. She's incredible. They did nothing with her for a very long time, and I'm glad that she's finally getting an opportunity to to show what we know she can do from from watching her in NXT. So glad she glad she got the win and you know her making Becky tap makes her look all that much stronger. Um, I, I am definitely curious to see where they go with her from here as far as you know the next challenger, next woman up, we'll see. Um, I would like it to be Charlotte, but I think I think we all know where she's gonna fall in at WrestleMania. I'll get to that in a little bit, but um, super glad to see Oscar retain. I thought it was a, it was a super solid match. A lot of fun. Uh, those those women, they worked their asses off. and You know, you, you know what you're going to get when, when either one of them steps in the ring. So to, to have a chance to watch them go at each other, it was a lot of fun. Really good way to start the, the main show. Um, and before I move on, I do want to make a comment. I do want to say that I really did enjoy... Uh, the set that they had for the Royal Rumble—it was different. It's nice to have different sets every once in a while, um, and it was—and it wasn't this super big, overdone, gimmicky thing. It was just, you know, the the LED screens, just right by the dugout. Watch everyone as they as they come up, and the you know the rampway out. I like I always I always was a big fan of the curved rampways. I'd like to see that more often, and I was glad to see that here and. I really like the look of the Royal Rumble in a bigger stadium. Doesn't have to be a football stadium. Doesn't have to be in the same same vein as WrestleMania. Um, but if they could do something like that more often, kind of like how they had the Alamo Dome a couple years ago, uh, it just makes the Royal Rumble feel that much more special. Um, a, a show that's already a lot of fun that people already look forward to. Um, just adding that that next layer to it. Uh, just makes it feel all that more fun to watch. And, you know, I know it's tough with baseball stadiums in January. You know, most of them are open stadiums. So, I mean, you, you could, if, if you were going to do that, you could never do one in, say, you know, New York. You could never do it at Yankee Stadium. You could never do it at Fenway. You could never do it in Chicago. You know, it, it rules a lot of places. Even places like, you know, I'm sure California, you don't want late at night, uh, you know, like a Dodger Stadium or anything like that. So I mean, I know it's tough. It's hard. Uh, I, I I would like to see them try to run the Rumble at, at bigger at bigger arenas uh, moving forward, just because it, it does. It makes it feel much more special, and it's 
you know, it's my favorite show of the year. As fun as WrestleMania is, as fun as SummerSlam is, I mean, the Royal Rumble just has that feel to it, you know. And, uh, I, I would like to see them uh, run run the Rumble in, in uh, bigger arenas like that because it's just it's just a lot of fun. Um, but back to the show, back to the back to the card. Um, that tag match, the Bar Shane and Miz, man, Shane Shane's been he's been flying around that ring for. God, what, 20 years now? I think he's 49, pushing 50, and he's still going out there just crushing it. Uh, that shooting star, you know, was it was it a picture-perfect, flawless, crisp shooting star? No, but, man, if you uh, – you know, they showed, actually, the a slow-mo version of it on the SmackDown a, a little bit ago, and he got some height on that thing, man. He got some elevation, and, you know – any man, any man doing a shooting star, no matter what, is impressive. But a guy his size, his age, uh, to hit that, man, that's incredible. And I thought that those guys went out there and had a fun match. Uh, you can always count on the bar to have a fun match. You can always count on Shane to have a fun match. Say what you want about Shane. Say what you want about how goofy his punches look. Say what you want about, you know, the boss's son going out there winning a title. Say what you want about, you know, he's taking a spot from other guys. Uh, I cannot think of a Shane McMahon match over the last, I don't know, how long, how many years, 20 years, that wasn't entertaining and that the guy didn't go out there and absolutely bust his ass. You know, he's not, he's not going out there as the boss's son just to try to put himself over. He's going out there to work his ass off. And he does every time. And it's always, always entertaining and fun. So, um, you know, shout out to Shane for continuing to, to lay it all out there and bust his ass. He's he's special, man. I, I, can't, I can't say enough about, about how, how entertaining Shane McMahon can be. I can't think of a single match that he's had that wasn't entertaining. But, you know... Uh, interesting to see him and Miz come away with the titles. I don't really know where they're going with it, but I do enjoy the story, and I do think it's a lot of fun, and I do think it's different, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with it. I really am. Uh, They had that spot tonight on SmackDown where uh, they had Miz's dad come out, and it looks like the Usos will be the next challengers. Uh, and I can't think of a better team to, to put in there with Shane as far as, uh, you know, more high-flying, crazy, high-risk stuff. I think, you know, the Usos are the definite MVPs of that tag team division, have been for years. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what they can do in Elimination Chamber. So uh, I am invested in the story that they're trying to tell with Shane and, and The Miz. Um, I'm enjoying Babyface Miz, as weird as uh, as it is to see him as a babyface. Um, other than that, that run he had back, I think it was 2013, as a babyface, uh, he's been a heel for pretty much his entire career. And we've all kind of grown accustomed to seeing him in that role. So to see him as a babyface is a little bit weird, but I think he's doing really well. The crowd's taking to him. Um, and uh, I like I said, I'm... I'm definitely excited to see where they go with this it's 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 different it's fun uh it's keeping us guessing and i am enjoying it i really am um i think after that they had sasha and Rhonda, um and that i enjoyed it i really did i thought that 
you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think they told a really good story. Um, there was a point there where I thought Sasha might win, and I was I didn't see that the finish coming. I didn't think that I didn't think that Sasha would get pinned. I definitely thought that uh, that you know she would tap. You know, no big deal either way, whatever. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was great. I thought that they told a great story from start to finish, all the way all the way to the after part. You know where. They shake hands, and then Sasha walks away, and then she stops, and then she hesitates, and then Rhonda catches up, and then Sasha shakes her hand again, and then she puts the four up, and it's like, okay, all right, yeah, she's not, you know, she's not playing around. She's not there to, she's not there to make friends. She's not, you know, she's not going to just backtrack on, on the last couple of weeks of the story that they were telling, um, and I thought it was really good, and I, I appreciated that they, you know, kept a little bit of spice and attitude there, and you know, maybe someday we'll get that four horse women, four horse women match that, you know, I know a lot of us want to see. Um, but yeah, it was a good match, good back and forth action. Um, you know, it made me feel like Sasha had a chance, even if going into it, you, you, you figured, nah, no way. I thought that, uh, I thought they had a good match. It wasn't anything. I don't think it was Ronda's best match, um, but it was just another really good one under her belt that, you know, I think at this point, if you're, if you're still out there and you're saying that Ronda, if you're saying that Ronda's not a good wrestler, you know, I don't really know what to tell you. You know, you say what you want about her promo, say what you want about, you know, she could come off a little bit awkward, um, some of her motions and movements, but uh, she's, uh, when it comes to in the ring, uh, she's incredible, and it's it's astounding uh, how good she is. You know, MMA background, be damned, she is. She's It's impressive that she's, you know, no matter who she's in there with, whether it's you know, Sasha or Naya or Natty or Alexa, whoever she's out there having Nikki Bella at evolution. I mean, she's having good matches with everyone she steps in there with. So, um, I enjoyed what they put out there and, um, you know, a little bit sad that Sasha has to move on. I was really hoping that they would pull the trigger and, and get her back in the mix, but, uh, seems like they're, they're trying to, to put some steam behind Sasha a little bit and, uh, you know, we'll see what, what, what happens with her next. And, you know, it was the right decision as much as I wanted Sasha to win, as much as I would have loved to see her, her move on and and uh, kind of get reintegrated in the title scene. It was the right move to have Ronda retain. And, you know, we're going to get Becky and Ronda and, and probably Charlotte uh, at WrestleMania, and it's going to be it's going to be the right match. Um, so, you know, I can't think of a better segue to, to the Women's Royal Rumble than that as far as, um, you know, a lot of people – a lot of people really didn't like this rumble. Um, I definitely don't think that it was as good as the one last year. Um, you know, the one last year had the benefit of, you know, the nostalgia acts, seeing like Lita come back, seeing Trish come back, seeing even, you know, like a Kelly Kelly or a, um, or a Tori Wilson. Um, I think, you know, the, the spot with Beth last year where she comes in with Nia, that was a lot of fun. You really didn't have anything like that this year. Uh, but I was I was a big fan of the surprises they did have, um, you know. Uh, me personally, I'm a big fan of Casey Catanzaro. Uh, watched her in the Mae Young Classic. She does a lot of fun stuff, and I think that I think she has potential to be uh, a big fan favorite. You know, she's I think that uh, she does some fun stuff in the ring, and she's really likable. And um, you know that spot she had, she had her Kofi spot this year where she's doing the, the handstand walking to the corner, 
wrapping her legs around the post and then climbing up. I mean, that's just, that was just cool, you know? And uh, so I was really happy to see her in there. Really happy to see Rhea Ripley. Really happy to see Candice LeRae. Uh, happy for Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane. Um, I was really hoping for a Shayna Baszler appearance. I thought that would have been a lot of fun, but probably, probably for the best to not have her out there um, getting tossed over the top rope as the, as the women's champion. Um, I just thought it would have been really cool to have her in there face to face with like a Charlotte for just a you know, split second kind of a, you know, their little tease for the four horsewomen, four horsewomen. I thought that would have been a lot of fun, but you know, whatever it is, what it is. Shane will have her time. Um, but you know, it was a fine rumble. It wasn't the best one, uh, but the, the end was a lot of fun. The end was really good. The last six or seven minutes or so kind of kept you guessing, you know, everybody's behind Becky, uh, having her come out. And a little bit of a of a, an appearance from Fit Finley. It was really cool to see him. Uh, you know, the crowd ate that up. They wanted her. They wanted her bad, and she went in there. And you know, the right the right person won. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later as far as what we got on Raw. But you know, I'm excited. I'm excited definitely for what we're getting. And uh, you know, the Rumble itself it was fine. It was fun. Um, I understand why a lot of people didn't didn't enjoy it, you know, because not everybody knows who, who, uh, you know, Rhea Ripley is. Not everybody knows who Casey Catanzaro is. Not everybody knows who Zia Lee is. So, um, you know, it's, it's not as fun when, when you don't know everyone, but you know, me personally, I know who those people are. Um, and I was happy to see them get a, get a chance and get a little bit of a spotlight there. Um, I saw Casey Catanzaro actually tweet out that, uh, prior to this, she had only the biggest crowd she'd ever wrestled in front of was 300 people. You know, imagine going from wrestling in front of 300 people to 40,000. I mean, that's just incredible. So, um, you know, I thought those were those were really cool additions. And uh, I think all of them, all of those surprises have potential to be big parts of that division uh, down the road. So to get a little bit of a taste of that and uh, a glimpse into the future, I think is a lot of fun. So I enjoyed it. Uh, not the best rumble. I thought last year's was better, but I think this year's ended better. Um, if that if that makes sense. So um, again, Becky, the right one won, and uh, I'll, I will say I don't think they needed the knee stuff. I don't think they needed that at all. I don't know why they feel the need sometimes in these rumbles to take someone out for an extended period of time and have them come back in. Uh, sometimes it's okay to just to just be a badass and win the rumble, you know. So um, it is what it is. Uh, I'm sure they're gonna keep incorporating that into the story as far as uh maybe becky you know in story won't be able to compete or whatever it is who knows um i'm sure that's going to be a a reoccurring thing um so i i'll i will choose to take the uh the side of wait and see and uh you know i'm glad that she's in the mix and i'm really looking forward to what we have coming uh, but you know, after this match, by this point, I was pretty fried. You know, I had been watching from the beginning of the kickoff show all the way through to this Royal Rumble match. That's a bit of a bit of a chore. Not want to say a chore to watch, but you're sitting there for an hour watching one match. You know, the highs and lows and the roller coaster of watching a match, and it was a little bit of a, of a challenge to to kind of psych myself up for the the last part of the show you know by this point we've seen god six or seven matches and we still have three to go so 
Um, I think because of that, the WWE Championship match suffered a little bit. Um, I wasn't super into that one. Uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. You know, I love AJ. I love Brian. Um, they just had a really, really bad spot on the show. I, I almost would have, I almost would have put them on before the the rumble, just because I don't know. It was just hard to get into it. Um, just kind of, just kind of fried at that point. But there was nothing wrong with the match. I think it was fine. Uh, probably the weakest on the main card, just because of that. Just because of the fact that. Uh, just the spot they were given was just not a fun spot. But, you know, hey, hey, the women were given that spot for a long, long time. So I think that these guys will be fine. <laughs> I think they'll be okay. Um, interesting to see the way it ended. Um, I do like the pairing of Rowan with Brian. I have been thinking that Brian could use a uh, bodyguard or some henchmen. Uh, for a little while now, so I'm happy to see that they're going that approach. Um, I wonder if they're going to add Harper, or if he's going to kind of do his own thing. Maybe he's going to get a little bit of a singles run. Um, who knows? I would like to see that. I think that I think he'd fit in. Obviously, um, you know, being that he's been with Rowan pretty much since his um, you know WWE career took off, even in NXT as the Wyatt family. So. Um, you know, from here, who knows what they do, but I'm, I'm intrigued to see where they go with it. Um, it was a little random, but hey, it makes sense, right? You have two guys with beards. You might as well throw them together, ah, right? <laughs> um, I did think it was funny to see Rowan out there in uh, jeans, Converse, and a flannel. <laughs> that guy's had more changes in the last five or six years than, uh, than most. <laughs> Going from a Wyatt guy with a sheep's mask to this bludgeon guy to now he's... Now he's a, a environmentally friendly, you know, this green guy that recycles. And I don't know. It's uh, it's just it was just funny. But you know, I'm interested to see where the pairing goes. I hope that's the last we see of a one-on-one AJ Bryan match. And uh, you know, it was a fine match. Nothing bad. Nothing crazy. Just nothing that really. Uh, I, th- I think their match at TLC was better than this one. So shame because I thought this one might end up being better. But yeah, whatever. It was fine. Um, it was it just wasn't as good as. Uh, as Finn and Brock, um, man, you know, for, they were only out there for what ten minutes or so. Um, I really liked this match, and I thought that it it, it kind of brought me back into the show. Um, I was really into it, and uh, you know, I was really happy with the amount of selling Brock did for Finn, and I was really happy with uh, you know the amount of offense that Finn was able to get in, and uh, the story that they told of you know. Finn pushing Brock into the corner of the of the announce table and doing it a couple of times and you know, Brock's gut he can't quite get the strength in for a suplex can't quite get the strength in for an F five can't you know it kept coming back and as soon as they started telling that story I thought man Finn is gonna hit that coup de gras and I'm gonna be on the edge of my seat thinking this man's gonna win the universal title and that's exactly what happened as soon as he hit the coup de gras. They had me. I thought. I thought. I was like, "No way! They really, they really gonna do it." And uh, you know, Brock kicks out. Of course, hits the Kimura. It's done. It's over. Um, slightly disappointed to see that Finn had to tap, but I guess if you're gonna have to tap, <laughs> Brock isn't a bad guy to tap to. Um, yeah, I think Finn looked looked great. Like I said, Brock. He, you know, he, he did everything he could to put him over. Didn't have to do that. Didn't have to do that at all. And 
and I hope that they can kind of sustain the uh, the build that they have for Finn. Looks like he's going to jump into a feud with Lashley for the IC title. I'm all for that. I think those two could have a solid match. Uh, I think Lashley's finally finally caught on with Leo. I think that that, that act is finally uh, getting some steam, and uh, they've cut off a lot of the nonsense that they were doing, and um, it's it's finally what it's supposed to be. You know, Bobby Lashley, this impressive guy that can't really talk, that has a cocky hype man that, that can and puts him over like he should. Um, pretty pretty good uh, yin and yang, I suppose, as far as personalities go, and um, you know, hopefully the uh, the the feud that they have is, is is good, and maybe maybe we'll see Finn get a little bit of a run with the Intercontinental Title. I know I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that quite a, quite a bit. I think. Uh, it's a really good way to get Finn kind of back uh, to where we all want him to be. I think the Intercontinental title is perfect for him. So, um, you know, looking forward to whatever those guys can do. Uh, I think I think whatever – I think Finn will get a good match out of Bobby, and I think Bobby will hold his own. So, you know, glad – back to the Brock, though. That's, you know, good match, 10 minutes, exactly what it needed to be. It was perfect. It was exactly perfect. It was really – it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, sad Finn didn't win, but we all knew he wasn't going to. So, no big deal. Um, you know, and then I, I guess, uh, you know, finish it off with the Royal Rumble itself. Um, again, kind of like the Women's Rumble. I'm seeing a lot of people didn't really enjoy it um, for a lot of the reasons that they didn't enjoy the Women's Rumble. Not a ton of uh, recognizable surprises. Uh, I, I will say that I was really happy to see Jeff Jarrett out there uh, interacting with Elias. Um, you know, I, I, I did not see that coming at all. Uh, as soon as his music hit, <laughs> I, uh, I kind of like, wait, what? No way, Jeff Jarrett. That's awesome. It was, uh, it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was really cool to see that, to see Jeff kind of thrown out there and and uh, get a little bit of an interaction with Elias. And you saw a little bit of uh, attitude from Elias from it. And you know, as we saw the next night, you know, last night on Raw, Elias went back heel. Um, I'll get on that in a second, but um, really cool to see Jeff Jarrett in there other than that yeah there weren't there weren't a ton of surprises um was happy to see gargano out there was happy to see alistair black was happy to see pete dunn um you know otherwise there really wasn't uh other than the obvious there weren't there weren't any any other surprises uh, the naya the naya spot was uh it was different uh, i'm glad they did it you know i think naya is one of the one of the better heels in the entire company, in my opinion. Um, you know, say what you want about her. Uh, when that music hits, I I am sick to my stomach. <laughs> I want her gone. Um, I think she does a great job as a heel. Um, you know, the, embracing the whole punching thing with Becky Lynch from you know punching her punching her face, breaking her face uh, right before Survivor Series, embracing that. You know, taking that with her. She's taken it with stride and incorporated that as part of her character. And, um, I think she plays this obnoxious bitch just so well <laughs> she does. And, uh, I thought that they played that whole thing perfectly. You know, her coming out there, getting in the ring, the guy's kind of like, Whoa, what's going on? You know, no one wanting to, no one wanting to jump in there and, 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 and find her or hit her or anything. And then she just goes in there and she just starts hitting guys. She's throwing Rey Mysterio around and she's throwing Mustafa Ali out. And 
Till finally Ziggler says, enough of this. Hits the super kick. Ray hits the 619. Orton hits the RKO. She's gone. And it was a cool little spot. It got a lot of people talking. Got a lot of people talking about intergender wrestling. Uh, they had another little spot the next night on Raw with Nia and Dean. Uh, the crowd was chanting, let them fight. It seems like this is something that uh, they might incorporate a little bit more on the show. Uh, more power to them, to be honest. Um, I think that they definitely have the talent for it. And, you know, it's, you know, why not? You know, if it's, if it's going to be good wrestling, that's all I want. You know, it's good wrestling. So uh, the nice spot was a lot of fun for someone that doesn't like her a whole lot and thinks she's a great heel. I thought it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, overall, it was a fine rumble. Uh, you know, Seth won. It was, you know, it was obvious. We all knew that was going to happen. Um, other than Braun, there was really no one in there that seemed like they had a shot. And I'll be honest, I mean, there was a point where I thought, you know, when they announced Braun was going to be in it. And I thought, man, that's that's going to be your winner. We're going to get Braun and Brock at Mania, and it's going to be very underwhelming. Um, and I'm glad that we didn't get that. I'm glad that they went with Seth and that that's their plan. And um, I think Seth and Brock are going to – I think they're going to have a damn good match. You know, if you see Brock working with guys like Finn and Brian and AJ, and those guys go in there and they fly around, and, and the chemistry just works. And, you know, and I know we've seen Brock and Seth before, but – you know, this is a little bit different this time around. And, um, you know, everyone's going to be behind Seth. Everybody wants that, that Universal title back on Raw. So uh, I'm excited for it. I'm glad Seth won. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for, you know, the road to WrestleMania. I'm really glad that they went ahead and just got it out of the way last night on Raw. You know, they're not going to try and play the game for a month. And Brock's not going to defend it at both pay-per-views. And we're going to have this, you know, Izzy or Willie Woney or... You know, it's, you know, Seth and Brock straight up. They're, they've announced it. It's, it's happening. And um, now they have two-plus months to build it. And uh, that's the way it should be. You know, it, it should be that way. I think um, you know, they need to do that more often. I think that having a match set in stone for a pay-per-view like WrestleMania is important. You know, it's not something that you should, you know, take one month to build, I think, you know. There's a lot that they can do between now and WrestleMania to really build up the intrigue and to really build Seth up as a legitimate challenge. And, um, you know, I think those guys are going to tear the house down. I think they are. I think that, uh, you know, Seth, Seth is just, he's unbelievable. I think he's the best male performer um, on the main roster for sure. And, uh, you know, maybe even the best overall, depending on, you know, if you want to throw Becky or, or uh, Charlotte in there, I think. You know, Seth, Seth is the man. So, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, no, no offense to Becky, but, you know, he is. And uh, if anybody's going to get a great match with Brock, he's going to go in there and sell his ass off and bump around and uh, do some cool stuff, do some creative stuff. That's at Seth and Brock. I think they'll have a great match. I'm glad that we're going to get uh, get them to, to build that up for the next, you know, two and a half months or so. Uh, same, with, same with Becky and Ronda. Um, that was such a great, great, great segment. Um, you had you had a, a tough little little stretch there for Rhonda um, from the 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 promo that she had to the, the crowd taking over to you know the, the, the her match with Bailey was a little bit sloppy to start off. It finished off fine, but you know Rhonda. I think that was the most Rhonda has struggled since since joining the WWE and it was a little bit hard to watch and the crowd gave her a pretty tough time. 
Uh, maybe rightfully so. Um, but, you know, the, once Becky came out and they went at it and you could tell that you could tell that it was getting to Ronda a little bit. And I think that it pushed her to that point where she gave a really, really good promo to, to kind of close it off. And you know, it wasn't perfect. There's still some awkward clunky moments that she has from time to time. But, um, you know, that was a strong problem. It was a strong segment. The crowd wanted it. You know, the crowd wants Becky versus Ronda and they want it one-on-one. So if they add Charlotte, I, I'm not going to say I'll be upset. Um, I know that if they add Charlotte, you know, if it's not like they're adding somebody that doesn't deserve it, you know, Charlotte's great. Charlotte's, Charlotte's incredible. And then she has both the in-ring presence, uh, the star power, um, name value. I don't, it all makes sense. She has the, the feud with Becky that isn't quite finished yet. I think it makes sense in story to throw her in there just because, you know, once again, it's Charlotte gets what she wants. She gets all the opportunities, even Becky's opportunity. I think it makes sense in the vein of their story. Plus, you have the unfinished business between uh, Charlotte and Ronda. Uh, from the Survivor Series spot to Ronda costing Charlotte the Women's Championship at TLC. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. You know, they can justify it. And, you know, hopefully if they do add her in there, they do it in a creative way. Maybe they uh, maybe they do incorporate Becky's knee as... Uh, Maybe, you know, over the next couple of months, it maybe in storyline looks like she can't compete. So Charlotte gets the spot. And then as we get closer to Mania, oh, no, Becky can compete. They make it a triple threat. That's probably uh, pretty close to what's going to happen. So um, put a gun to my head. I want it to be Becky and uh, Ronda one-on-one. I think that's the match that everybody wants to see. If they add Charlotte, we're going to get a good match either way. You know, it's going to be fine. It's not like they're adding, you know, you know, it's not like they're on Candice Michelle or somebody that, you know, isn't as good as good as, as Charlotte is. So, um, you know, excited for it. I'm glad that they've got these matches kind of set in stone and starting to build them up now. You know, April 7th is a long time away, it feels like. And here we are. It's still a few days left in January, and we're, we're setting the Mania main events right now. So, um, you know, super excited for what we have coming. Um, I thought Raw was pretty fun. I'm not going to go over it match by match, segment by segment, but, you know, pretty good opening opening spot. Um, glad to see uh, you know, Dean get a good promo in there. And, um, I, you know, kind of like I was talking about at the beginning of the, of, the, of the episode, we'll see what happens with Dean. You know, we'll see what happens. I, uh, I, don't, I don't want him to go, but if that's what he wants and that's what's best for him, you know, got to do what you got to do to make yourself happy. And money ain't everything. And, um you know, we'll see. We'll see what what it, what happens if if they take him off TV or if they incorporate him into the show or, you know, maybe maybe you know, like I said, there's still time. They might convince him to stay, and if that's the case, hey, great on you. Hopefully, they, if they do, they give him a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say creative freedom, but a little bit more input on uh, on what he does and and uh, and then the more of the hokey stuff, kind of like they you know what the report says. He's tired of the hokey stuff. I don't, I, I don't blame him. You know, you got a guy getting vaccines in a doctor's office talking about how he wants to fight Seth Rollins. You got, you know, there's all the stuff he's done over the years. The the ketchup and mustard like on Orton and Kane and, you know, all, all of it. You know, they, 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 they've done some weird stuff with Dean, so I don't blame him for, for wanting to dip out. Um, kind of like I, I talked about earlier, uh, the Elias heel turn. I don't know how I feel about it. 
Um, and I don't know how the crowd feels about it, right? It seemed like they really wanted Elias to, they really want to cheer for Elias. Uh, you know, he's over on the, on as, as far as that goes. You know, I don't think people want to boo him, and I think that he got he got a he got a few boos out of them. But by the end of that segment, they were still they were still trying to cheer for him. And you know, I, I hope that you know if they if they're gonna go back to a heel uh, a heel Elias, you know, they do something with him. You know, he's he's a popular guy. He's really good, and I'm surprised that they don't do more with him other than have him go out there as. Uh, you know, he strums the guitar and talks about how great he is, and then gets interrupted. You know, I, I, it's tiring at this point. I think you know, get him in a get him in a program. So hopefully this, hopefully he does something with Jeff Jarrett that gets him kind of on 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 the on the track to something. And you know, he's a great heel, so I'm not I'm not upset. I just I really liked him as a babyface, um, even though they weren't really doing anything with him. So it's not that big of a loss, just kind of weird, you know. It's kind of weird that they get, they gave up without really giving him much of a chance. I think they could have done more with him as a babyface, but you know, he's young. I'm sure he'll have a long career there, so he'll have more opportunities for that. And as long as he's on the show, as long as he's doing something, I think that's really all that matters. Um, as far as anything else notable that happened from Raw, um, the women's tag title elimination chamber starting to take take form. Um, Nia and Sabina, uh, Sarah Logan. Uh, Liv Morgan, and then uh, on SmackDown, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville added in. Um, so, so far, so good. I, I think we can all expect Sasha and Bayley in there. I think we can all expect the Iconics. As far as the uh, the sixth team, uh, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I kind of think they might try to find a way to sneak the Bellas in there. Uh, you never know. You never know what could happen. Um, there's just no one else that really pops out. Uh, maybe they do kind of a last chance battle royal kind of deal. Uh, who knows? But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the the, the women's uh, tag team elimination chamber. Big fan of the of the women's tag team titles. Love the design. Uh, it's different. It's unique. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with that division. I hope that um, I hope they do something with it. You know, uh, there was some trepidation on my end when they announced that they were going to be doing the women's tag titles and not because not because I don't want the women's tag titles. I do want the women's tag titles. If there's any division um, that deserves to be added to the show, it's the women's tag titles, but you see what they do with the men, right? And you see how guys like the revival, you know, they can't even get, they don't, they don't get an entrance. They get kind of, uh, you know, they, they get, the, they get this one win over Hawkins and Ryder. But before that, what have they been doing? You know, um, Gallows and Anderson can't even get on TV. You know, the sanity. Where is sanity? <laughs> you know, and uh, the tag division is so stop and go on the men's side. You know, I, I just hope that they don't do that with the women. I hope that they, I hope that they, you know, give them time and they, they let them go out there and, and tell stories with the, with those matches. And I hope we get some good rivalries. I hope it's not just team a faces team b four times in a row and then oh now it's time for a title match i hope that they actually let them go out there and have stories and put some heat behind it and give us a reason to be invested um you know give them time give them stories um let us enjoy it and we will you know i think nxt is the perfect example you know if you give a tag title match time to breathe it'll be entertaining it'll be enjoyable and uh you know 
there's a lot of really good talent and women in that division from the riot squad to Sasha and Bailey, uh, iconics, you know, all, all of them, uh, Mandy and Sonia. So I'm a big fan of Sonia Deville. I, I really am. So, um, I just hope that they, 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 they give it time and it, it's not an afterthought. You know, there's already so many titles, you know, two men's tag team champions, two men's world champions. You have two women's champions. You have a U.S. champion. You have an intercontinental champion. Most of these titles, you know, they don't really, they don't feel important. And so you're adding another one in the mix. Uh, you know, the Raw Tag Team Champions on the men's side, we weren't even on Raw last night. Um, and they were on the kickoff show at the Royal Rumble. Um, so, you know, I, I there is some trepidation as far as adding another championship. I wish that if they were going to do that, they would find a way to get rid of some of these other ones. Maybe this, maybe this is a test run to see how, you know, sharing one title between two shows works. Um, and if that's the case... And it's successful. I hope that they uh, maybe they unify the men's tag team titles and they have those guys, you know, go on Raw and SmackDown. Um, I just I, I just hate to see. I would hate to see them introduce the, this this division and then not give it the proper attention that it deserves. Um, other than that, um, nothing else really crazy that I could think of uh, popped up on Raw that's really worth mentioning i'm sure as i as i turn this off i'll think of i'll think of it it'll hit me uh smackdown was pretty fun um the becky charlotte opener was 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 strong and solid and um i think you're starting to see how they're going to incorporate charlotte into this and looks like we're gonna looks like we're gonna we're gonna get her added into that match and like i said you know a little bit ago that's fine um I, i it'll be a good match so as long as they tell a good story on the way and uh, it, it all makes sense, you know, whatever, you know, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll get Becky and Ronda one-on-one eventually. Um, weird that Asuka wasn't on the show. At least I don't remember her being on the show. I might have missed it. I don't, I don't think I missed anything else on the show. But weird that she wasn't on. Um, the Truth stuff, that's fun, right? Truth, U.S. champion. Didn't see that coming at all. Oh, that's fun, is it not? Um, definitely didn't see that coming. It, th- that finish looked really awkward. It almost looked like that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, but I, I, I guess it was all planned, and I guess Rusev is heel now, which is a shame. Uh, the Rusev Day act was so hot for for a while there, and you know, to break that up, to turn him heel again, and you know. He was the, the Rusev day was so much fun, and it's a little bit disappointing that they kind of gave up on it because uh, I don't know maybe maybe it ran its course maybe they have a better idea in mind but um, it's kind of out of nowhere that he's heel again but you know we'll see what happens um, this weird pairing of him and Shinsuke is strange but um, you know good on Truth for winning the U.S. title that's. I like when they do stuff like that. I like when they throw when they throw a curveball in there. It's it's not something that you expect. It's, it's different. It's fresh. It's unique. It's it's you know. I just wish that they would do more with the U.S. title as far as um, you know actual feuds, actual stories, um, importance, time, and uh, you know development. But you know we'll see what happens. We'll see what they do with it. Uh, it was it was a fun fun little segment and. Uh, just 
you know, I'm, I'm happy that they did that. It was, it was a lot of fun. It made the show a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable and makes you feel like you got to watch SmackDown because you don't know, you don't know what could happen. Um, other than that, oh God, <laughs> man, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day as far as Daniel Bryan. And, uh, I said that I don't think anybody truly hates Daniel Bryan. I think that you know, we all appreciate how good he is in this new character, and we're playing along. Um, at least the fans of the, of the shows are playing along because he's just so good at it. And then he introduced that title, <laughs> and uh, he's got heat with me now. <laughs> that thing is brutal. That thing is really bad, and I... Cannot wait for him to lose it so that it can go back to an actual wrestling championship title. I mean, that was brutal. <laughs> but uh, it's perfect. It's perfect for the character. It's just another layer added in that, you know, he's he's just so good right now. Every time he goes out there, that, that he's the best promo work he's ever done. Um, and every week he's adding layer after layer after layer and just getting further and further. You can, you can tell, you know, that he's... He's, he's loving every bit of it and that he's really in his zone and, um, you know, it's something we all know that he really believes in and, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot. Adding this ugly championship that totally fits that character is just another, another little nuance that takes it to the, to the next level. Um, you know, they announced there will be an elimination chamber match for it with, uh, Joe, Mustafa Ali, Jeff Hardy, Brian, AJ, and Randy Orton. Um, who who else is excited for what Mustafa Ali is going to do in that chamber? <laughs> That's going to be a fun match. Um, all I'm really looking forward to is the after part of it. You know, are we going to get a swerve? Is is someone else going to walk out of there with the title? You know, what if uh, what if Joe walks out with the title? What if they put it back on AJ? Uh, what if Orton gets it? What if Bryant retains? Um, you know, on one hand, you have the established set in stone, Seth versus Brock, and you have time to build that. And then over on SmackDown, you have no idea where they're going with it. And it's a lot of fun. It's cool to have that. It's cool to have um, uncertainty. And there's no definitive, guaranteed, predictable outcome um, as far as where they're going to go with it. So, um Super, super excited to see what happens. I'm excited. I'm sure that's going to be an incredible match. Um, a lot of fun guys in there. Joe, Jeff Hardy, um, AJ. I don't think AJ's been in a chamber yet, so and I'm pretty sure he hasn't. Um, so that'll be cool to see him in there. And uh, I think that'll be a damn good match. Elimination Chamber's looking like it's starting to shape up pretty well. And, uh, you know, both a strong episode of Raw, a strong episode of SmackDown. Um, SmackDown built upon Andrade and Ray again a little bit more. Um, I'm I'm loving Andrade. I've always I've always really liked Andrade, but um, you know lately since they've incorporated him a lot more in the show and he's been able to, to wrestle a lot more and um, just getting more time and all that. Um, I'm really really enjoying what he brings to the table and um, he's certainly becoming one of my favorite guys to watch every single week. Um, Curious to see where they go with this match with Ray. I wonder if they can, if they can keep it interesting up until Mania. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that I trust the creative team to do that. But 
Um, I would love if they were able to, to, to keep it at a point where we can have one final blow-off match, maybe a mask versus hair match at Mania. would be a lot of fun. So I'm a big fan of, of Andrade. Ray is it's incredible. It's incredible that he's still performing at the level that he is. Um, nothing short of, of, of amazing and spectacular. And, you know, to know that, you know, this is a guy that I started watching in 2002 when he first came to WWE, and here we are 17 years later, and I mean, he looks better than he ever has, and he's still performing at a level that is just, you know, he, there's just no reason why he should be walking with all those knee surgeries as well as he walks, let alone performing as well as he performs. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that they can uh, keep some steam on that and uh, and, and hold that, uh, keep that interesting until WrestleMania. Uh, but yeah, man, another strong episode of SmackDown, strong episode of Raw. Um, curious to see where we go from here. But uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and cut the pod off right now. Um, super, super happy to be doing this. Um, it's my first time really, you know, doing anything like this. I've never really talked at length like this. I know I'm throwing some common stuff out. I know I said, you know, a couple, <laughs> more than a couple times and I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to, to get comfortable doing this. And I know there aren't a lot of listeners right now. I'm definitely talking to myself and my friend, Mike, who is the only guy that's really supported me so far. Shout out to Mike. Um, give him a follow if you're, if you're listening to this at classic Mike on Twitter. Uh, he's been, he's been pushing me hard. So I really do appreciate everything he's doing to help me out. Um, if, if you, if you downloaded last week, if you downloaded this week, if you listened, thank you so much. Um, I have a Facebook page up, uh, at that wrestling pod, uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm, 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 I'm tweeting pretty often on there. I'm, I'm live tweeting with the shows. I'm trying to be interactive as, as best I can. Uh, follow me on Twitter at that wrestle pod. Uh, couldn't get wrestling because Twitter's character count doesn't go that high. It's unfortunate. Uh, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, uh, like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. Um, I should be available on Apple pods, Spotify pods, Google play, Stitcher, Podbean. Um, I think that's, I think that's it. Uh, but yeah, so if, if you're out there and I'm not on a platform that you listen to uh, consistently, uh, let me know. Shout me out. Uh, Twitter's probably the best place to do it. I'm on there far more often than I should be. <laughs> but uh, you know, let me know if there's another platform that you'd like to see me on and I will do my best to get on there. Um, but, you know, thank you so much if you're listening. Uh, thank you if you're sharing. Thank you if uh, if you're enjoying this. You know, I... Uh, uh, I really hope this could become something special and fun that uh, isn't just me talking about the shows. I want to do more than just talking about the shows. I want to be more creative, and I will be. I think uh, either next week or the week after, I want to do a uh, I want to do a top ten elimination chamber episode where I kind of uh, it's going to be a bit of a chore to watch all of those. Uh, there's not a collection, so I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get on there and do some fast forwarding on the network, but. I want to do a pod on the top 10 Elimination Chamber matches. Watch them all, rank them, or at least rank the top 10 and uh, get my thoughts on it. Try to try to do something a little bit of a little bit fun right before we come up to the Chamber chamber event. Uh, they're, always, they're always exciting. They're always a lot of fun. So um, I know I said thank you several times, but thank you so much if you listened. Uh, give me a follow. Give me a, give me a like. 
hit me some retweets, share me if you can, hit me, uh, hit the download button. Uh, let me know how you, how you like the show so far. If you're listening, um, every little bit helps. And, uh, you know, if you're here now and you're going to stick with me throughout this whole journey, I promise you, man, a lot of good things are going to come. So, um, Thanks so much, guys. Uh, Have a good night, good day, whatever time it is you put this on. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week. And I will be back next week. Um, We'll try to do something fun and creative. So uh, thanks, guys. Bye.